On this Friday morning, this football Friday morning, the last regular season local football Friday of the year. Oh, it's finally come to an end. It's freezing outside. Our teams suck, but still, it's football Friday. We'll have some baseball to get to as well. We got plenty of time to do it. You know how it works on these midnight rides. I got you for five hours until the warm-up show. 877-337-6666. 877-337-6666. Connor exits. Flegelman steps in, and we got you locked down for the next five hours. Me and you taking your calls right here on the fan. Again, 877-337-6666. And, yes, we have made it. We've made it through the week to Friday, and we've made it through the season to the end of this miserable football season that came in with such promise. Do you remember the excitement? Do you remember? Do you remember the promise of this year? Daniel Jones gets the big contract. We have answered our... It's over, Giant fans. We know who the quarterback of the future is. It's Daniel Jones. Brian Dable has fixed him. He's fixed this team. The Giants are going to have a great year. Seven and a half? That's the over-under for the New York Giants? What fools, Vegas? That's the easiest money I ever made. Seven and a half. Ha, ha, ha. Jet fans, we know the enthusiasm for the start of this season for you. Oh, my goodness. Aaron Rodgers, someone finally wants to come here. After all the consternation, all the waiting. Joe Douglas pouring buckets of sauce all over Peter Schwartz's head, telling you he's going to come here. Was it ranch? I believe it was ranch. Ranch dressing all over Schwartz, telling you he's coming here. And then he finally does, and he runs out onto that field at the spotlight on 9-11 and the American flag. My God, what a moment. And this season was supposed to be great, and instead, we know the Jets' season lasted four snaps, and this Giants' season was almost as bad as they got blown out 40 to nothing to start the year, and now they're giving us one last kick in the Johnson. One last uncomfortable week where, yeah, I know this is a thing between me and a lot of you out there, but one last week where I have to determine what I want to do. I got to turn on the giant game and decide what is best for this team. What should I do as a fan? What do I act? Do I care about this game? Do I want to watch this game? Do I care who wins in this game? And unfortunately, I do. Who I do care who wins in this game. And unfortunately, it's got to be the Philadelphia Eagles. And I hate saying it. And especially rivalry against both of our teams here. Finishing up the season. The Jets against Belichick and the Patriots. The Giants against the absolute nemesis of our franchise. The Philadelphia Eagles, who theoretically, I suppose, if the Cowboys actually just have a disaster of a game against Washington, could be playing to win the 
the NFC East and be the first time winner in I don't know 100 years, right? You've seen the stats every every time they talk about the division title. It's been 35 years, it's been 10 years. It's been forever since there's been multiple back-to-back champions for the NFC East. And so it's it's one of those things where it's just, right? You got to we're going to turn on the TV one last week these 17 games they're precious. They're precious. And we want to see, we want to see guys play better. We want to see maybe some of these guys in the defense you just heard uh, in the update, Wink Martindale. But that's what the Wink Martindale story is the epitome of this week, folks. What did, did we talk about this game at all this week? No. We've talked about Saquon Barkley's future. We've talked about Wink Martindale's future. Shepard saying, uh, Sterling Shepard saying goodbye. That's what it's been for the New York Giants. Do you know why that's what it's been for the New York Giants? Because when the season is dead, and boy, has it been dead for forever, it's about next year and the future. And so I will make one last case to you people. I will try and explain it to you one last time. And as ugly and as terrible as it may be, you need to sit down on that couch and not openly root for the Eagles because that's impossible, but we need to understand the best possible scenario is the Giants losing this football game. God forbid they win this game and possibly cost themselves a chance to be, because let's be honest, in a crazy world, and we have seen crazier things in this NFL season than Washington beat the Cowboys, New England beat the Jets. That's not that crazy at all. It's happened 12 times in a row. And the Arizona Cardinals at home beat a Seattle team after the Cardinals just beat Philadelphia. Those are all possible things. Do you know what happens if all of those crazy things take place? The Giants are right back. Right back in the Drake May. Right back in the big-time quarterback, top of the draft conversation and that's where they desperately need to be because we can talk about whether Saquon Barkley should get the franchise tag and what do we do with him and how do we fix the offensive line and how do we bring in weapons and Wink Martindale so important to the defense and you know Brian Dable needs to get back and and be the coach he was last year and Shane needs to do this with all his picks and we can talk about all the different things that impact an NFL franchise and all the different things the Giants need to do to get back into the light where they were last year, but all of it is a secondary conversation to the only conversation that a franchise has. Who is the quarterback? And we are right back in there, and who is the quarterback for the New York Giants? And that needs to be answered on draft day. And I will not. I am one of these people. I am I am easy. I know a lot of you are easy where Giants play football, Giants win that day. That's real. That's that's easy. I get it. I'm even more simplistic than that. I don't care about anything but next year once this season's dead. I am not going to sacrifice next year for a quick enjoyment of a dead season that I'll forget about 10 minutes after the game's over. And we'll all be focused on the only game that really matters this week, Buffalo-Miami. If they beat the Eagles, it is no it it doesn't cost the Eagles anything because Washington's probably going to win the division. There is no reciprocation. There is no getting back. There is no sticking it to them. There is nothing. 
There's a meaningless win with a quarterback playing in the game that won't matter and won't matter to the future of this team. And maybe for five minutes you'll get some enjoyment that they beat the Eagles and it's over the second you change the channel to put on another football game. And that is not worth that brief moment of joy. Walking out of the park, walking out of the stadium, walking out of your seat, walking to your car. That moment of joy is not worth the idea of possibly costing them a chance to move up in the draft or even worse, move further down it and make it more difficult to get a quarterback because New England can beat the Jets. Arizona can beat Seattle and you can find yourself picking third, fourth or even second and that could put you in a position considering what's going on in Chicago, the way Fields is playing, the way the entire team is talking about keeping them. You could find yourself in a situation where they could be two slots away from trading up to the top pick and getting Williams. Or getting whatever quarterback Brian Gable wants. And the Giants, as I've said a million times, are in a perfect situation where they don't have a quarterback and they have an offensive coach who specializes in developing quarterbacks. That's why he got the job. Embrace that. Let's in, let's do that. And if you think, well, you can get him in the fifth, you can get him, you can get a quarterback in the seventh. Hey, listen, look at who was picked first. You know, Stroud wasn't the first quarterback taken. I don't care about any of that. It's all noise. I trust Brian Dable and Joe Shane to make this pick and develop this quarterback, and I want them to have the best chance to take the player they think is best. So I'm not going to get bogged down in the idea the Eagles have owned us for forever whether it be obviously Donovan McNabb or Jeff Garcia or Vince Young or Jalen Hurts or whoever it may be. Every different quarterback, every different maturation of this team has stuck it to us for damn near a decade and a half. I don't care. I'm focused on the future. That's what you need to be focused on, and that's what they are focused on. That's been the whole week. What do you do with Saquon Barkley? What's going on with Wing Martindale? What's going on with this? Do they keep this? It's all about the future. No one said a word about this game, about the matchup, about anything. No one cares about this game. It's about the future. And I'm tired of hearing all these people. I was listening to Sal driving in the other day. I don't understand how a Giants fan could possibly. How could I possibly want to lose this game? How could you possibly want to win it? And cost yourself an opportunity to possibly, because one of those teams are going to win. Like, I firmly believe that. You could be picking fourth or third. And if Chicago could be looking possibly under some crazy scenario, Williams has come out and said he doesn't want to play for them. Or it's, it's at least made intimations. There's, there's feelers out there that he doesn't want to go to Chicago. Fields has been playing great. They're probably going to win, you know, their last handful of games Throughout the season, their defense has completely turned around. Fields is making plays. The entire team and all the veteran players want him to be the quarterback. There's a chance they are looking to trade. And to trade from the fourth or third or fifth position is better than the seventh, eighth, or ninth. It's just the fact of the matter. The Giants need to find a quarterback. Daniel Jones is not it. Daniel Jones is now injury-prone. Daniel Jones has... Finished two of the last three seasons with season-ending surgery, one of which being a neck injury that popped up again. Whatever you think of him, however talented you think he may be, he doesn't win, he doesn't throw touchdowns, and he doesn't stay healthy. That is not a recipe for a successful quarterback for the next 10 years of Giants football. It's just not. We know what Tyrod Taylor is. See you later. And we know what Tommy DeVito is. 
All right, we didn't get to see a ton of him, but we know what he is. He is not the future of the New York Giants. The New York Giants are going to be poised to draft their future. And you don't mess with that for a brief moment of satisfaction. You do what's best for the team. And I hate them. I hate them for making me feel this way. I hate them for making me hope that they don't figure out a way to beat the Eagles. One last kick in the stomach, one last sick feeling, one last dirty, disgusting, I'll have to take a shower after this game, and they did it to me with their miserable play all year long. And the start of this season and the inability to fix the offensive line and just up and down. This ugly, disgusting season. One last week. I got to focus on the future and what's best. And I got to do it at the expense of watching the same team that's run me down for 15 years do it one more time and me to have to do it with a smile on my face because I know it's what's best. Thanks for nothing, New York Giants. 877-337-6666. So, yeah, I'm really happy going into the weekend. Can't wait. Can't wait for these two games. And quite honestly... Jets are in really the same position. It's a little bit different because they're not in the market for a quarterback. They have their future quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. You are you are in a win-it-now situation. You are not looking towards the future. You are looking to improve this team. And you can't continue to lose to the Patriots again and again. It might be your last chance to stick it to Bill. I get it. But ultimately, I said this yesterday, it's the same thing for me. I want what's best for the Jets, for the Jets if I'm a Jet fan. And what's best is the best possible draft pick. There's no other way around it. At the end of the year, seeing, I mean, this week, how many quarterbacks, everyone's sitting, everyone, you know, it's just, you, it's about the future. It's about, you know, making sure that your franchise is in the best position. And if you think starting the season next year, whether it's Bill Belichick or whomever else is the head coach of the, the Patriots, whatever the case may be, if you think when they when they play week four next year and they open up the broadcast and they go, and welcome to Jets Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have won 13 consecutive games against the, uh, against the Jets. If you think that's any different than the Patriots have won 12 of the last 13 against the Jets, it's, it's not. That die has been cast. And ultimately, it doesn't matter. Stop letting the instant gratification rob you of your sanity. Let's go out there and do what we do best. Lose. 877-337-6666. We got some uh, baseball to get to as well. You know, everyone wants to joke about the Mets stealing from the Yankees. Everybody wants to joke about the taking all the cast-offs or sloppy seconds of the New York Yankees. I don't want to joke about that. I want to joke about the Mets not getting any real significant impact players. I don't care if they're Yankees or not. Go get someone impactful. Harrison Bader if he's your starting center fielder next year, we've seen how that goes. And I've defended Harrison Bader and the Montgomery trade and the way he played in the postseason, but he is not an everyday center fielder, not for a championship-worthy team. I think we found that out. And these are the kind of moves the Mets are making. We can have fun with what uniform they used to play in and the dynamic of the fan base and all that. That's great. I'm into it. You want to tweak some Mets fans uh, for the next five hours? I'm cool. I'm open. I'm game. I got nothing else to do. But ultimately, I look at this from the angle of a Met fan. And sure, it's fine. It's wonderful if he's the fourth outfielder. When are they going to do something that will have a major impact on this team? 
And the Yankees need to do it too, and we'll get into the Snell situation, but at least, at the very least, there's some buzz and an idea that the Yankees are out there attempting to do so. The Mets are hanging back and and picking up guys, you know, who can't hit. And pitchers for the, for the Yankees who have been awful. And all these high-ceiling, low-risk, low high-reward guys, great, that's great. And if all of them hit, you might just be a wild-card team. But that's careful Steve Cohen. That's cautious Steve Cohen. I don't know about King Cohen. I know careful Steve Cohen. I know cautious Cohen. That's what he's proved to be in this offseason. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. As we're just getting underway in our five-hour midnight ride here on this Football Friday, we'll do all the things we typically do on a Football Friday. We'll get some picks, maybe go around the league, talk about all the quarterbacks who aren't playing. There's really only a a couple of games I'm even remotely interested in. Uh, The big one, obviously, being uh, Buffalo-Miami, but we'll give the picks and then obviously the locals, but not that interested in them other than they better lose, Uh, specifically the Giants, better lose. I really don't see the other. I don't see the argument for it, and I, other than just, I I want them. I want them to win. I I watch the game. I want them to win the game. Like, if they move from five to seven because they beat the Eagles in a meaningless game at the end of the year, it's almost like the Eagles beat us again. That's what it's going to feel like. You guys aren't realizing that brief moment of satisfaction, which ultimately means nothing. Like, it means absolutely nothing. The years they have dominated the Giants, it, you don't get a half an inch back of that with this win. You get nothing. If, if this would were to, I mean, I guess theoretically, if, if, if you beat them and Dallas were to lose to Washington as well, and you kept them from winning the division, I mean, I suppose... So if at halftime Washington's up 35 nothing over Dallas, maybe I'll feel differently going down the stretch of the game. I can't imagine I will, but maybe. Because at least then you're costing the Eagles something. You're not caught Washington, they're not going to lose to Washington. Dallas is going to win that game. And you're not hurting the Eagles in this. You it's just nothing. There's no satisfaction in it other than, hey, yeah. Beat the Eagles for the first time in forever. Woohoo! Then you turn on the TV, you go eat dinner, and you forget all about it. And then for weeks and weeks and weeks, we talk about the draft position and how it's worse off because they won that game. And now they're, it's it's more difficult to trade up to number one with Chicago, if that's possible, or what quarterbacks go off the board. Uh, I, I'm just not doing it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it, people. 877-337-6666. Dan in Massachusetts. What's up, Dan? Yeah, hi, uh, Chris. Uh, first time I've called your show. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, I wanted to uh, get into strength of schedule because I don't understand one thing. But yes. I gotta tell you, I called Pete Hoffman for the first time about a week ago, and I told him, uh, "Yeah, uh, I like uh, listening to you, Pete, and I also like uh, the other guy, McConnell." And he starts laughing. Yeah. And he says, 
uh, it's an inside joke. It goes back to when uh, it was Big Mike's last day, and he said, uh, thank you, everybody, and he kept on, on calling you McGonagall. Yeah, it wasn't just Mike's last day. It was Mike's first day, <laughs> middle days. Every, every day I worked with him, I was McGonagall. That's just the way it went. <laughs> just even after I told, like, I, I, I hope Mike's, and it doesn't matter if he is or isn't. I hope he's okay with it. But, like, I, I told him. Like twice, I tried to subtly say it's McMonagall, not McGonagall, yeah. and I did it twice, and he never adjusted. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to tell him every day that it's yeah. McMonagall. So it just became McGonagall after. Oh, I got you. But you know the, the thing about the, uh, I, I I've been following this now now for weeks. The yes. uh, strength of schedule and where they stand. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is this: uh, the Giants at five point one one. Correct. And uh, so point five one one. If uh, as long as they lose, yes, uh, and, and I've been a Giants fan for uh, decades, yes. and I wanted them to lose way back this this year. I, but, I wanted them to start losing at two and eight. Yeah, right. But here's the, here's the thing, Chris. If what I'm wondering about is how they figure the differential um, based on a loss, because as long as New England wins. They're going to come up, and, and New York's going to gain one spot anyway. Yes. And same thing with Arizona. Yes. Okay. But what, what I'm wondering is uh, New England. How, how do they how do they figure that? Um, how does it fluctuate between uh, where they stand now and in one game? You know, well, based right. on who they play. So it's it's the strength of schedule for all of their opponents. So currently, right? It's like. They those numbers you see are yeah. f- include the Jets, include the like for New England that in, the five eighteen they have includes the Jets record, and the New York Giants five eleven includes the the uh, the Eagles. Those are 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 in. The thing would be if New England wins, then the Jets would have a one game worse record. Uh, then the you know what I'm saying. So it, oh, it, it the, would impact about- it slightly. But what, so the oh so if you get that I don't like right now. I'm saying those don't dramatically change. It's not like that's 518 with the current schedule, and then next week, once they play the Jets, it triggers adding the Jets to that number, and so it would dramatically change. That's including the Jets. The Jets' record would change, barring what happens in the game, mm-hmm. but as of right now, I'm pretty sure the strength of schedule you see includes all 17 opponents and all their records. Up, up to now. But, no, up to but now. It, it, it's like how much does it fluctuate? It yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm uh, saying. Like, I don't. Know. How much would one would one giant would one jet loss mean to that? Because that's all it would be. The only I mean, oh, and that's all the games the other opponents lose and everything. Yeah, I don't know how much it could fluctuate in one game. Uh, I was I did read a, in one week. I did read a bunch of articles mm-hmm. that that did tell me that the Giants still are alive to jump over all the other four and, or four and twelve teams. So, I don't think they, they jump over Washington. Washington's at 5.04. No. What I was wondering about I got Washington is, at 515. Oh, yeah? yeah. I, I got it at 504. I got him uh, at 515 here on ma- Tankathon. Ma- matter of fact, I, I looked at it uh, about an hour before. I'm looking at it right up. now. Tankathon has them at 515. The Giants have a worse winning per- uh, a schedule, strength of schedule uh, than any other team oh, in the oh. top five, even Carolina oh. or uh, 
or Chicago, uh, Carolina, but it doesn't matter. Well, worse than, worse than I know Arizona and, and, uh, and New England. Yeah. Well, it must, it must have been a mistake. I re- yeah, I read two articles that told me if Washington, New England, and Arizona all lose and the Giant, uh, all win and the Giants lose, the Giants could have the second overall pick. Well, well that, that's terrific because I was thinking since the Giants were playing Philadelphia, which is has a, has a much better record than the Giants, I was wondering how that affects you know that strength of schedule. Yeah, number. I, it, I, I, here's the thing. I don't know. It's impossible, and I don't feel like doing it. Who knows? Put it'll impact the Giants if some of those three, if one of those to two of those, or all three of those teams win, and the Giants lose, it'll impact them. They'll move up. Certainly Arizona, because Arizona's got a strength of schedule of five sixty-two. But you're right; we don't know. Now the Washington uh, Commanders and the Giants have played a similar schedule because they're in the same division. So I would think ultimately their strength of schedule wouldn't change much. But depending on how they're in, like New England's entire 17 opponents play this week and who wins and who loses, it'll maneuver the strength of schedule. If every team New England played this year wins a game, their strength of schedule gets better. Like it's just, or loses, gets worse. Like it's just, it's, it's too hard to calculate. I do believe right now looking at it, they are at 5'11". Washington's at 515, New England's at 518, and Arizona's at 562. So if they lose, if the Giants lose, as of right now, they would jump any of those teams who win. If Arizona wins, Giants jump them to go to four. If New England and Arizona win, the Giants jump both of them, they go to three. If all three of them win, the Giants jump all three and go to two. Any one of those teams win and the Giants lose, they will jump them. Now, Washington's the one team you don't expect to win going against the Cowboys who only need the win to win in the division. New England's playing the Jets, who they've literally owned for the last six, five, six years. And, you know, going back even further than that, but this current streak of winning every game. And Arizona, who's played well, just beat Philadelphia, is home against Seattle. And Seattle's not a great team. I mean, they're playing for something. So you would expect Seattle to win, but it's not impossible. Mike in Queens, what's up, Mike? Michael, you there? Hello. Hello. Hello, Mike. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? How are you? Are you I'm with all right. me? I got cut off. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually driving on LIE right now, heading home. Um, uh, first time caller, of course. Uh, big fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my thing is actually. Um, is the draft capital, right? Right. So I believe that the Bears are going to draft the quarterback and get rid of Justin Fields. I don't know why I feel it. Like no, well, because, because uh, you know, Caleb Williams has been considered a, uh, a franchise-changing player for uh, three years now, and it's hard to pass up if you have the number one pick. I don't think it's crazy at all to say they're going to draft a quarterback and trade Fields. I'm just saying it's possible – like, we never thought it possible. Earlier in the season, Fields, get, Fields didn't play well to start the year. Fields gets injured. Yeah. It felt like, as we saw Carolina lose, because it's obviously Carolina's pick, you, it just it never seemed plausible that they would do anything but draft the quarterback. But now, Fields has come back, played his best football of the year. The entire team's behind him. They've won a bunch of games. At least right now, there's a, a world where it's possible they make the decision to keep Fields and trade the pick. And if that's the case, 
I'm just telling you, I'm going to be kicking myself if I'm a Giants fan. And the idea of winning a meaningless game against Philadelphia made it harder for me for the opportunity to move up and get that number one pick if the Giants feel the same way as many people do, that Caleb Williams is the clear-cut best quarterback and you have to take him. So, I mean, I'm just saying, if the Giants lose this game and move up to four, now it's easier to make that trade. If they win and they move up to three, now it's really easier to win that trade, make that trade. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get a quarterback by any means necessary, and number one, having the number one pick is the best way to do it. And I want to put myself in a position where, if that becomes a possibility, I have to be one of the most uh, impactful teams there with the ability to do so. Absolutely, I agree. I definitely agree, and right. I nailed it with Daniel Jones. Um, his second neck injury is icing on the cake. I, I completely agree. I, you, you just you, you can't you can't continue to move forward thinking yeah. Daniel Jones you is your future. Yeah. You cannot. You can't. It's you impossible. Can't. You know what? I, I know Dable brings uh, magic to the quarterbacks, but you know between like what happened last year and what happened this year, it just shows you that you know he hasn't developed to be the guy. No. He is he is he is not. And and again, I think he's talented. I, I still do. And thank you for the call, Mike. I think Daniel Jones has ability. We saw it. We saw it even this year for a brief moment, one half against the Cardinals, which, by the way, even better than DeVito. Let's be honest. DeVito had a great game against um, Green Bay. I, I shouldn't even have to say this, but the because I heard a lot of people say the best quarterback play the Giants had all year was DeVito. Over a stretch, yes, but that half against the Cardinals, Daniel Jones showed you he's a far better quarterback than DeVito or, or even Tyrod Taylor. Like He was incredible in that second half. Um and he was incredible in the Minnesota game. And last year, in a couple of games, and particularly the Colt game at the end of the year, he was incredible. He's he's shown moments and shown a couple of uh, situations where he's a talented guy. He's extremely athletic. He can run. You saw it all last year. It feels like forever ago because we haven't seen him play. But like he's got ability. But when you just take in everything, when you take in the amount of losing they've done, and I understand that's not just him. That's an inability of a franchise to put pieces around him, particularly the offensive line. I get it. I get it. But the fact of the matter is Daniel Jones doesn't win enough. Daniel Jones doesn't put the ball in the end zone enough. The New York Giants don't score enough points with Daniel Jones as their quarterback. And now they're in a position where they can get out from a from a bad contract. And that's another thing. I don't care what anybody tells me. I don't care that's the... 13th highest paid quarterback in the league. That's where you'd put Daniel Jones. No, I would not. I would not put Daniel Jones in the top half of the NFL quarterbacks. He just hasn't shown that. Is there a world where he could show that? Uh, Okay, yeah, he's got some sort of ability where if everything broke right and he developed at, at a much quicker rate, like is there a possibility he could become that yes, but he's not that now. That's a I, I I hate that contract, and I and I think I'm I'm thrilled to get out from underneath it next year. So when you put in when you put everything into the pot, there's just no way that it makes sense to move forward with Daniel Jones after next year. There just there's just no way, and there's no other. And when you're at when you're where you are with Dable and Shane, who literally got their jobs because they helped draft and develop Josh Allen. It'd be criminal. Like, that's how I feel. It would be criminal not to do everything you possibly could to get the quarterback they love. You have to do it. Like, can you imagine getting, hiring Dable and Shane 
because of what they did in Buffalo, and Dable in particular, because of what he did with Josh Allen. Like, that's why you hired him. All right, once you got him in the room, maybe he said things you loved, his, his overall offensive scheme, fine, whatever, whatever. He became a candidate because that offense took off when he helped develop that quarterback. And Josh Allen kind of took a little bit of a step back after he left. He got hired because of the development of Josh Allen. That's why he got hired. Can you imagine going through the tenure of Brian Dable and it being a, a, a failure and him being fired without giving him an opportunity to develop a quarterback? Like, why bring in someone into this organization who cut his teeth and made his name developing quarterbacks and never give him that opportunity? For what reason? Because you felt bad about the offensive line you gave Daniel Jones for three, four years? Because if you're the owner of the team, you felt like you did everything you could to ruin him because you gave him terrible coach after terrible coach and you threw Joe, Joe Judge at him? Like, yeah, that sucks. And I feel bad for Daniel Jones. And if things were different and they had a great offensive line and Dable was his coach from day one or, you know, uh, Shanahan was his coach or, you know, obviously, you know, some of the great offensive coaches in the league were their coach. Like, yeah, things might have been different for Daniel Jones. They weren't. They are what they are. And I'm not going to hire a coach to develop a quarterback and then never give him a quarterback to develop. When I saw him get the best out of Daniel Jones, when I saw him get something out of Tommy DeBito, like I have to allow him to see what he can get out of one of these stud college quarterbacks. Could they be disasters? Of course. So could a tackle. So could a pass rusher. So could a shutdown corner. Any position, anything you always, I mean, we all think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a sure thing, and he probably is, but hey. Is it possible he's not nearly as good as we all think? Of course. Saquon Barkley was can't miss, touched by the hand of God. And while he's a great player, I don't think he's right now fitted for a gold jacket, and I don't think he's impacted the Giants in a major positive way as far as winning goes. Every draft pick's a crapshoot. The different it's it's risk reward. If you get it right, it changes your entire franchise. If you get it, they got a left tackle right with with Andrew Thomas. They got a left tackle right. They drafted a left tackle. They nailed it. He had a miserable rookie year, and then be his second year instantly became one of the better left tackles in the sport. And when healthy, he is one of the best left left tackles in the sport. They absolutely nailed it. How's it done? How's it done to impact the Giants winning? How's it done to impact the offensive line play? If you hit on the quarterback the way they hit on a left tackle, you are no longer a losing franchise. Just like that. Poof. Just like that. Sam in Brooklyn. What's up, Sam? You're on the fan. Yeah, hey, C-Mac. Thanks for taking the call. You got um, it, buddy. What's up? I certainly agree with you when it comes to the importance of a quarterback and all that, but I have this overall feeling when it comes to tanking, and I'm not saying, you know, specifically for the Giants this week. It could be I would agree with you there that, like, this one-off you want to lose. But generally speaking, mm -hmm. you, you sort of never find, like, you look around the league, the competitors, the teams that are in it to win a Super Bowl, teams that are winning every year. For some reason, they never got there by tanking. You take a look at the Ravens. You take a look at even the Niners. I know, you know, they got Bosa a bunch of years ago, second overall. But 
they, they're winning, and they just keep getting better. You look at teams like Pittsburgh, teams like, again, I just said Baltimore, Dallas, even Dallas, Philly. When did these teams ever have the years where they lose two, three games? They don't. These teams build by drafting well, even if it's late in the first round, and coaching up their players to the point where they're just talented teams. And this idea that, like, we're going to just sit there and lose that. I mean, how many teams have drafted quarterbacks one or two overall and seen it blown up in their faces? And you look at even, like, Jacksonville, where, like, they did that great tank a couple of years ago. They got Lawrence. I mean, where are they? Are they winning a Super Bowl anytime soon? I feel like... No, nah, I mean, they got know, a chance talk- to win a division this week. But, yeah, no, um, and he's been yeah, hurt. But, but, he's been hurt a lot. They were on their way and then stumbled. But, yes, I hear you. It's only been a couple they, years. They it's only been a couple years, and they were given the worst head coach in in almost as amazingly as it was because Urban Meyer was such an incredible college coach, but he was an absolute disaster of a head coach that set them back a year. But I get your point. Everything's a crapshoot. And listen to 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 say. I mean, the Eagles have drafted at the top of the draft. I mean, they 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 have taken quarterbacks at the top of the draft. They've traded up. To get quarterbacks at the top of the draft? Not the quarterback they have now, though. The no, not the quarterback they have right with. now. No, not the quarterback they have at the moment. No, but I mean, uh, I, I look I, at the Ravens. Yeah, look I mean, at the when Ravens. Do a, when do they ever lose? I'm not saying. No, that's you true. Know, the the Ravens I, I, have I done a great job with it. To a point, and and see, I, I just want to point out one thing. I remember yeah. a couple of years ago, the, the year the Giants drafted Thomas, and they had beaten Washington. And one of the later season Correct. games, you know, I don't remember. Exactly it might have been the last year, and it was the it was the Chase Chase Young Bowl. Correct, correct. correct. That's what I was getting at. Yep. And everyone was complaining. Correct. We got Thomas this bust in the first year, and that we yep. if only we would have lost that game, and we would have had Chase Young. Yep. And look at that one turned out. So I guess my point is, I, you know, I understand, but agreeing with you to lose this week, yeah. but you, you never really know. And at the end of the day, you just gotta. You got to be able to coach your players up and draft well wherever of course. you pick in the draft. Well, of and, course, and, and that's why it's 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 almost laughable to me that you're going to compare them to the Ravens or that they should be like the Ravens, buddy. I'm sorry. I wish they were. How many years are they drafting at the top of the draft? I haven't been calling for tanks every year, but yet here we are every year drafting at the top, whether it's Saquon Barkley, whether it's Andrew Thomas, whether it's Uma. Every year the Giants find themselves here. They don't have a coach like Harbaugh. They don't have a foundation like that. They haven't been able to do it. Now, next year, I might feel completely different. I certainly wasn't trying to tank last year or the year before when I thought they had Daniel Jones. There are very specific times where I feel like it makes sense. I wanted this season to be a, a raging success. I bet, I, bet, I bet the over at 7.5. I thought the Giants were going to be a f- good football team. Then they were 2-8. and eight. And paying a hurt quarterback forty million dollars, who just uh, is going to finish the season again for the second time in two, uh, for the second time in three years with de- devastating injuries, they're two and eight, and they have a quarterback and a GM who made their name by drafting and developing quarterbacks. I felt like the Giants are in a unique position where it makes sense. And yes, you can point to the Niners, and you can point to the Ravens, and you can point to this one and that one, the Steelers, yeah, and where the the Steelers are what a quarterback away, but that's fine. And you make but valid and, and you make valid years. points and you make valid points with it. But last year the Giants had a great year and he was coach of the year and they overachieved on such a high level and no one expected anything from them and they had this unbelievable run and they went into the postseason and they won a playoff game and they they were building such momentum and such culture culture and such a winning program and then they lost forty to nothing to the Cowboys and then went two and eight. So what did the winning culture breed for the New York Giants? There are teams that make it work, Sam, and then there are teams that have not been able to make it work. And hello, I hate to tell you this, 
the Giants have been a franchise that can't make it work. Look at the Bengals. How about how about the one year the the uh, the Colts tank and get Andrew Luck and then are in the postseason every year? For every example of Ravens and 49ers you can give me, and by the way, they drafted, they traded up to take a quarterback third overall. It was wrong, but they're still good enough to overcome it because their offense, their head coach is an offensive genius. And they did a great job drafting everywhere else. Don't get me wrong. They have an unbelievable defensive line, great offensive line, weapons all over the place. They've coached them up. They've developed. No doubt about it. But the Giants haven't been there. The Giants haven't done that. And here we are. And and it's e- and right now they're in a position where it's easier to get the franchise changing quarterback than it is to get the entire roster. I mean, look what look what look what Stroud just did for the. They're playing to for an opportunity to win a division title. They were the they were the Houston Texans. They have not been a well run franchise. And yet, one season with this rookie quarterback has changed everything. If you have a program in place, I mean, you mentioned the Steelers. The Steelers have the same number of head coaches over the last 50 years that the Giants had in the last four. Like, yeah, they've done a great job. They hired the right coach and have a program that somehow makes them, you know, okay. I mean, I don't think they're very good. But they're better than the Giants have been, and they're not going to be drafting at the top, but they have a winning formula. And Harbaugh's one of the better head coaches in the league. And they have a two-time now MVP. And yes, they were able to get it at the back of the draft because people were afraid coming out of Louisville that he wasn't, you know, he was more of an athlete than a quarterback, and people were wrong on him. But if everybody was right about him and he was going to be the first pick, Lamar Jackson would be doing this with Cleveland right now on some level. Lamar Jackson's a great player. I can't build the entire roster. I can take the franchise-changing quarterback. And again, not every year. I, I'm, this is not just, for me, as soon as the season's... Like, with the Jets, I wasn't clamoring for tanking, not for a second. Now, this game, last game of the year? Sure. This last game of the year, it's probably better off to lose. And in particularly because I don't think you gain anything... like. I don't really get hung up on beating the Patriots. I understand I'm not a Jet fan. Totally admit that. I don't know what it's like to lose to this team over and over again. But they're awful. They're awful. And Bill Belichick might be on his way out. And winning this game, there's a five-minute satisfaction, and no one really cares. And I would hate for it to hurt my draft status. But you could sell me on winning that game as opposed to the Giants. Because whenever you're looking for a quarterback, you have to draft. I, I haven't been clamoring for tanking forever. Not for the Jets this year, not for the Giants any time over the last five or six years. This was the one particular year where it made perfect sense once they went 2-8. and eight. It just made too much sense. And if they draft a quarterback this year, if they start 2-8 and eight next year, I'm not going to be clamoring for the tank. I'm going to say, go, go out there, young quarterback. Go out there, whomever it is. Drake May, Daniels, whoever it is. I'm going to go out there and win football games and and start playing good football and and reading the defenses and go out there and win. That's what next year will be. Next year will win every game, no matter where they are, no matter what the record is. 
I won't for a second. Once they draft this quarterback, there's three years of absolutely no tanking. This isn't some every single year, once you're out of it, lose every other game for the best draft pick. It's not, it's not always the case. This year, with this particular team, in this current situation, it makes too much sense not to go out there and get the best pick available and try and get the quarterback in a quarterback-heavy year, by the way. Like this isn't the this isn't the 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 draft where Kenny Pickens is the is the best quarterback is the best quarterback available. All right? This isn't Blake Bortles is the next best quarterback available. This is a year where many people feel like there's three, four franchise changing quarterbacks. I have to get one of them. I have to. I have to. They have no choice. They have no choice. And so for me, if this wasn't the Eagles, it's easy. And the fact that it is the Eagles and that the Giants have put me here makes me sick to my stomach, but here I am. A diehard Giant fan, say what you will. I know a lot of people don't can't understand how a Giant fan could be feeling this way, but I am. I'm a diehard Giants fan. I love the New York Giants. I want them to lose this game because I want them to be better. Winning this game doesn't do anything for them. It doesn't do anything for them. Like, I don't even know what the argument is. What does it do for this team? Gives you five seconds of satisfaction after the game's over until you change the channel to put on the next game. That's all it does. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't somehow, you know, take the pressure off the next time they play the Eagles or end some, like, it means absolutely nothing to go to go 6-11 and 11 means nothing. And I'm not, you know, jeopardizing something that actually is tangible, like draft slots, for some meaningless thing so I could have, what, a smile on my face right before I go to put on another football game that I'll be focused on because I'm, I'm betting that one or I'm more uh, there's actual playoff implications in that one and, or whatever the case may be. The fantasy's over, but, like, you know, that's it. It's over. Makes no sense. 877-337-6666. All right, one hour down, four more to go. Continue to take your football calls. It is a football Friday. We'll do the picks and all that fun stuff uh, with Marco and Fleegs. Marco did win. I think we lost track of the picks. I did picks. I worked uh, solo in the afternoon on Friday. I did picks. I didn't ask them for picks. I think, let's just put it this way. Marco won. All of us finished above 500. As we head into the season, and then we'll do another, uh, we'll do a contest maybe with something on it for the the playoffs. But we'll give you picks. We'll continue to take your football calls, but we will transition to baseball as well. There was some news. Bader, and someone's already tweeted me uh, how much I love Harrison Bader. I'm not knocking Harrison Bader now. You're not making me into a hypocrite by showing me old tweets of me saying, Bader, I love this guy. That's not it. I, I have no problem with Bader. I don't think Bader is a starting center fielder. He proved that last year for this. Met team, it wouldn't make me excited. And I need some excitement. And they need a starting pitcher. And there's still plenty of time, and all these pitchers are still on the board. The Mets, I'm just, that's all I'm saying. The Mets shouldn't be done. The Mets shouldn't be just saying, ah, I'm not up for this guy. I'm not up for that guy. Let's, you know, if something falls into our laps, that's not how I would treat it if I had the richest owner in baseball. But the Yankees, a new name has emerged. I actually talked about it yesterday on yesterday's show, how I'm starting to change my feeling. But a lot more news about Blake Snell and the possibility of being linked to the Yankees. We'll get to that as well. Have a little fun. 